Dust flickers in moonbeams of the night. The fabric of reality beats like a flag in the midst of a hurricane. And while the cold speaks its icy taunt to souls lost in the desert, Savior, 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 says the night. Prepare a way in the wilderness. Savior, 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 through blistering emptiness. The need of the world, a need unfulfilled. Savior, 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 century after century. The soul remains in winter, longing for springtime to come. Men lose their faith in hollowed-out idols, seeking something more. Frost gathers upon the rusted throne of David. Hearts beat in anticipation, and the sheep lie in waiting. Thou art sad division. 
myself our King of Peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to Blessed Virgin led over time and trial to an immaculate birth fulfilled. The promise of the law and prophets spoken many, many years ago delivered to the world of his creation. The wait is over. A new season begins as Noah's dove finds her resting place upon a manger where humility sleeps. To the lowest now made known, behold, God's infant on the throne, chains of an oppression set from the start, loosens around the crown glowing heart. A baby is born, Emmanuel. Angels sing and wish the shepherds well. Born is the King, born is the King, born is the King of Israel. Let's all stand together.
Well, Merry Christmas, guys. What's up? How are you doing tonight? Doing well? Doing good? So glad that you have joined us tonight. You can go ahead and have a seat. If you are visiting for the first time, I see some new faces. I also see some faces I haven't seen in a while back from school. So glad that you've joined us. Welcome to our Young Adults Christmas celebration. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, We're going to read a portion of the Christmas story. If you were here yesterday, I read a little bit of it um, in Luke chapter 2. Before I read the Christmas story and uh, share something that I feel the Lord has put on my heart tonight, just want to run through a couple of announcements. Um, First, my name is Austin. If I didn't mention that already, I would love the opportunity to meet you tonight. If you're new, um, if you're, you're just stopping in or you heard the announcement at church yesterday and today's your first time, I'd love the opportunity to meet you after today's service because we're going to have some good waffles in the cafe uh, later today. I know that's why you came. I know that's the real reason why you came. I heard waffles was going to be there. You know, worship the Word and waffles. The Holy Trinity right there. <laughs> worship the Word and waffles. So um, there's, there's more to come tonight, but I would love to meet you out in the cafe if uh, today is your first day with us. Hey, a couple of announcements, kind of a, a somewhat of a, I mean, I'm, I'm sad about it, um, but this is the last Young Adults of 2020. Last Young Adults of 2020. We will not be meeting next Monday on the 21st or the Monday after that on the 28th due to the holidays. We want you just to be home with your family, but also come back here for Christmas at Cornerstone. We have six Christmas Eve services. Um, there are two on the 23rd at 4 and 6 p.m., and then four on the 24th at 1, 3, 5, and 7 p.m. So come on out uh, to one of our Christmas Eve services at Cornerstone. I also want to let you know um, we do an annual New Year's Eve party. Um, just out of precaution, um, we're going to cancel our New Year's Eve party this year, um, and we hope to have one next year. You know, I feel like I can justify having these services where there's worship and prayer and a Bible study and fellowship. Um, At a New Year's Eve party here, it's just party. Um, So just out of a precaution due to COVID and everything, we're going to just postpone that. There's going to be one next year, Lord willing. Um, But be home. Please make wise decisions and decisions that honor the Lord. That's all I'll say about that. Um, Glorify the Lord, please. on uh, New Year's Eve. And then also note on your calendars, January the 4th. It's the very first Monday. Um, We'll be here. We'll have young adults on January the 4th. It's going to be a special night, though. We're going to have some worship, and then we're also going to have a time of testimony. So I've tapped on a few individuals that um, God has changed their life, and I want you to know about it, and I want you to hear about it, and I hope that it encourages you. So Monday, January the 4th, right here in the sanctuary, same time, same place, it's going to be a testimony night. Um, So mark that down on January the 4th, the very first Monday that we're back here after the holidays, all right? Okay, that's all the announcements that I've got for you. Um, If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me in Luke chapter 2. If not, that's okay. You can just listen as I read. But Luke chapter 2, a little bit of the Christmas story. Um, I'll pray and then I'll share something that's on my heart for tonight. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. 
For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this night tonight. And um, just thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to come and gather together and to celebrate this time of the year. You know, the reason for the seasons because Jesus Christ was born to us as a child, as a baby. And he grew up to be a man. He died on the cross for our sin. And that's why we're here tonight. We're here to celebrate that. And we're here to glorify you. And we thank you so much for this opportunity to now just hear from you, Lord. So I pray that you would open up our hearts, open up our ears to hear from you, and we just pray that you would minister to our, to our hearts. I pray for anyone tonight who came for the first time. Um, maybe they don't have a relationship with you. They don't know Jesus. They don't have a relationship with your son Jesus. I pray that tonight, Lord, you'd open their hearts to that that you would show them just how much you love them and just how much you care about them. So I pray that you would do that now by your Spirit. We love you, God, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. It was December the 17th. The year was 1903. So almost 117 years exactly to the day. December December 17th, 1903. um, The Wright brothers, Orville and Wilbur Wright. They were the first two men who successfully manned flight of an airplane in Kill Devil Hill, North Carolina. And uh, their flight didn't last too long. It only lasted 12 seconds, and they only flew 120 feet. But nevertheless, this was the beginning of modern aviation as we know it. And the brothers were so excited, you know, it was a couple days before Christmas, they were so excited that they flew an airplane that they sent a telegram message back to their sister Catherine. And the, 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 the message said, quote, We have actually flown 120 feet. We will be home for Christmas. Now Catherine was so excited that she took this telegram message to the local editor of the newspaper. And she took the message to him and he read it and he glanced at it and he said this, quote, How nice that the boys will be home for Christmas. He totally missed the big story. Man flew for the very first time, and he totally missed it. You know, when I heard that story, what came to mind was how many of us, especially during the Christmas season, during this time of the year, but especially in the year 2020 where so much has gone on, how many of us will be missing the big story? The big story. 
there's a meaningful big story underneath all the mess of 2020. You know, it's easy for us to miss the main story in the midst of a lot of other pretty big stories. I mean, especially in 2020. When 2020, you think of all the big stories, you think of the pandemic, you think of COVID, you think of the election cycle, Trump versus Biden, you think of government lockdowns, you think of businesses having to fold, you think of working from home, you think of isolation, you think of school shutdown and all that stuff, all the big stories, just to name a few that have gone on in 2020. My hope is that you don't miss the main story. Don't miss the big story. Not just the big story of 2020, but the biggest story of all time. That God loved you so much that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus, to be born in a manger 2,000 years ago. To grow up, to be a man, to die on the cross for our sins, to rise again from the dead for our sake, So that when we die, if we've placed our faith and trust in Jesus, we have a home with Him in heaven for all of eternity. Don't miss it. You know, heaven is a kingdom. That's what the Bible says. Heaven's a kingdom. The word kingdom appears 126 times in the Gospels. Just in the Gospels. The word kingdom, we see it 126 times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Heaven is a kingdom. And the Bible says that Jesus, Jesus is the king of that kingdom. This is what the Bible says about Jesus being the king of this kingdom. In John chapter 18, Jesus is on trial before Pilate. He's about to be crucified to a Roman cross. And this is what Jesus said. It says, Jesus answered Pilate. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world... My servants would fight so that I should not have to be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom, it's not from here. And Pilate therefore said to him, So you are a king then. And Jesus answered him and said, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. And everyone on the side of truth hears my voice. So heaven is a kingdom. Jesus is the king. And only those who surrender their lives to the king enter into it. Only those here on earth who surrender to King Jesus, only those here on earth who become subject to the rulership of King Jesus, only those people enter into this kingdom where Jesus is king. You see, Jesus is a gentle and kind king. It says in Psalm 117, verse 2, For His loving kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord is everlasting. Paul said in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, he said, Can't you see that God's kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? His kingdom is open to anyone The doors are open to anyone, but only those who recognize Jesus as their king enter into it. He will not force any of you into his kingdom. It's your choice. You see, somebody is ruling over your life. Somebody is king in your life, whether you realize it or not. 
Either you are the king of your life, meaning you make your own decisions, you follow your own passions, you follow your own desires, you do what you want, when you want it, how you want it. Either you're the king of your life or Jesus is the king of your life. Meaning that you no longer operate on your own desires, you no longer are going down your own path, but you, you surrender to Jesus. Jesus, your way goes, I surrender my life to you. No longer is my will my own, but Jesus, I give my life to you. I'm done living this hard life on my own. Jesus, you're my king. You, you can't have it both ways. There's no co-regency here. You can't have Jesus be king some of the time, and then you operate your own life the way you want it the other part of the time. That you just slide Jesus in, and Jesus is king, and and you're cool with Jesus, you believe in God and all that stuff, Jesus is king part of the time, but then you take over the rest of the time, there is no co-regency here. No two kings in this kingdom. The only people who enter into the kingdom of God are the people who wholeheartedly just surrender their lives to Jesus. You're the king. I'm done. I'm done ruling and reigning in my life. There are many people today and maybe you're one of them, you just say, I'm, I'm cool with Jesus. Like, I believe in God. I, I go to church. I generally think of myself as a good person. That's not enough to enter into the kingdom of God. The Bible says that our good works are like filthy rags compared to a holy God. There is nothing good enough, no amount of good that we can do to get to a holy God. Because our goodness is not good enough to attain His righteousness and His perfection. We have all sinned. The Bible says we've all fallen short of God's perfect standard. And the only way that we get into the kingdom is when we trust the perfect Savior. His name was Jesus. Because He came to this life and He lived a life that we couldn't. He lived a life without sin. Perfect. So that when we place our faith and trust in the perfect King Jesus, God says with open arms, Welcome. Welcome. You see, God's kingdom, yes, it's a literal place, but even more than that, it's talking about the concept of rulership and a reign, R-E-I-G-N. Coming to Christ, being saved, it's not just adding Jesus to your life. I know too many people who just add Jesus to their life and they think they're all good to go. They've just added Jesus and they continue to live however they want. But being saved and coming to Christ, being a part of this kingdom, it is not just adding Jesus to your life. It is about, Jesus, you are now the ruler and you are reigning over over my life. I give you complete control. You're the new king. You are going to rule and you are going to reign over my life. You're in charge. I give my life to you. Some of you here tonight, you are still the king of your life. You're still the king of your life. And you realize that with you in charge, you have tried very hard to attain some measure of peace, to feel some measure of love, to have some measure of hope, and you have gotten bits and pieces of all three, but never the full thing. You felt some measure of peace, some measure of fun, some measure of satisfaction. You felt some measure of love, some measure of hope. But when you know King Jesus and when you stop ruling and reigning over your own life, you get all three in the fullness of it. You get peace in Jesus Christ. You know what it is to be fully loved by your Creator God 
who sent his son to the world to die for you because he loved you and you have full hope and assurance of being with him in heaven when you die. All three, peace, love, and hope found in Jesus. And some of you here tonight, if you were to be honest with me, you would say, you know what, Austin, that is me. I'm still the king of my life. I still make decisions on my own. I have not fully surrendered my life to Jesus. I haven't done that. The bioethics team at Georgetown University in D.C., they said this, that 65 million people die each year in the world. 65 million people die each year. That's 178,000 people each day. 425 people each hour. 120 people each minute. Each second that God has given you is a precious gift. And each second that God has given you is an opportunity to make Jesus the king of your life. We're not promised a single second. But Jesus is waiting. He's waiting for you. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. You can plug your name in that verse. For God so loved Jonathan that He gave His one and only Son that if Jonathan believes in Him, he won't perish but have everlasting, not, everlasting life. Every second of the day, if you have not fully surrendered to King Jesus, He is waiting. And He is waiting patiently. And that's what the Bible says in the book of 2 Peter. Peter said this in 2 Peter 3.9. He said, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And if you've come here tonight and you've never made the intentional decision to make Jesus the King of your life and to surrender to Him, He's been patiently waiting for you. He's been patiently waiting for you. As I said, He will not force you to choose Him. He loves you too much to violate your freedom. But He is waiting. And He loves you. And He stands there with open arms, ready and willing to receive you if you would just respond to that love and respond to the cross and say, Jesus, I'm done and I want you to be king over my life. He waits for you. Revelation 3, verse 20. These are the words of Jesus. He said, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. The Bible says that Jesus stands knocking at the door of our hearts. And He says, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears My voice and opens the door, then I will come in and eat with him and he with Me. He's talking about a fellowship. He's talking about a personal relationship. Many of you have grown up thinking that coming to Jesus, you've got to get religious. That's wrong. Coming to Jesus is all about a relationship with Him. He says, I've been waiting and I've been knocking at the door of your heart. Are you going to open up? I've been patiently waiting for you. You know, that's what I did when I was a kid. I have, I have an older brother. We're three years apart. And when he grew up, you know, was a teenager, he, he just wanted alone time. So he would close the door, be in his room, listen to some music, and I would, he didn't want his pesky, annoying brother out there, so I would just be standing at his door, just knocking. 
Sometimes I'd stand there for minutes at a time. Sometimes an hour I would just be sitting there. I'd just be knocking at his door. Now, I'm, I'm not comparing myself to Jesus. I'm just an annoying little brother. But that's what Jesus does for us. That's what Jesus is doing for you tonight if you've never received Him. He's patiently just knocking. Saying, you're going to open up. I'm not going to barge in. Jesus is a gentleman. He is a kind King. He will not barge in or intrude in your life if you don't give Him permission. But He is longing for that relationship with you. Knocking at the door of your heart. And some of you have gone through life, you've experienced different things, you've had some different fun, and you're finally just, you're done. You're done living on your own, and you're done living for yourself, and you're done making your own decisions. And, and I implore you tonight, the best decision that you can ever make is when you make Jesus king of your life. And you think, is Jesus just going to limit, limit my fun? I don't want to come to Jesus because I like making my own decisions. And I feel that I can be a better king over my life. You're wrong. When you come to Jesus, the joy and the fun just begins because you now experience new peace and new life and new love that you never knew until you met Jesus. And He can do a much better job at ruling and reigning over my life than I can. And I ask you tonight, because of the love that God has for each and every one of you, if you have never made that decision, to fully surrender your life to Jesus, then make Jesus king tonight and fully give your life to Him. Open the door to Jesus. I'm going to invite the band back up. And in a moment, I'm going to give you an invitation to accept Jesus tonight as your Lord and as your Savior. And I'm going to ask you to do a very bold and a very courageous thing. If you want to receive Jesus tonight as your Savior, or maybe, maybe you prayed a prayer when you were a kid, but you know that didn't really mean anything. You didn't really understand. And you want to commit your life again to Jesus? You want to make Jesus the Lord of your life? Then I'm going to ask you to do a courageous and bold thing. When I start to pray and when the band starts to play, if you want to accept Jesus, you want to commit your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask that you come forward and you stand down front here. And it's in no way to embarrass anybody at all but rather to celebrate this decision with you. This is the best decision of your life. The best decision of your life. And if you feel right now your heart beating fast, that's the Lord prodding on your heart, knocking at the door of your heart, wanting a relationship with you. Don't ignore it. But this has to be your choice. I don't want you in any way to feel manipulated. I don't want in any way for you to feel forced. This is your decision this is your choice to respond to Jesus Christ tonight. You don't have to search anymore. You don't have to go through life with fear, restlessness, loneliness. You can experience a relationship with Jesus Christ and know that no matter what you've done, no matter how dirty you feel because of the stupid stuff that you have done in your past, you can be made right with God tonight because of what Jesus has done for you. When you just place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ on the cross, we are all guilty sinners. I have done some stupid stuff. 
We have all fallen short in different ways. We are sinful people. But the way that we can be made right again with a holy God who desperately wants relationship with you is when you place your faith in the work of Jesus Christ when He died on the cross for your sin and when He rose again. If you believe that and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, don't wait. Get right with God tonight. You can leave tonight. You can leave here tonight having full assurance that you are right with God and that you will be with Him when you pass from this earth. You can leave tonight knowing that. If you doubt that, if you've never fully committed your life to Christ and you want to surrender to Christ tonight, then do that tonight. Do that tonight. God has done His part in sending His Son Jesus to die on the cross for your sin. All you have to do finally tonight is just to respond and say yes to Jesus. Yes, Jesus. And He will forgive your sin. He will give you a clear conscience. No more shame. No more walking around with guilt because of what you've done. You are made new and made right with God again because of what Jesus has done. So in a moment, I'm going to pray. The team is going to sing a song. And if that's you tonight, if you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, make a bold decision. You're, you're in a safe place. You are among friends. We will applaud your decision to walk forward and accept Christ tonight. And if anyone is down here tonight, I'm going to lead those people in a collective word of prayer to receive Christ tonight. And so just to make it easy on anybody who wants to make that decision, I'm going to ask us all to quietly just stand. So go ahead and stand. And if you want to leave this place tonight knowing that you have been made right with God and you want to accept Jesus tonight and you finally want to open the door of your heart to Him tonight, then I'm going to pray. And while I pray, while the team sings, you make your way forward. You stand down front here. And then wait and I'll lead those who are down here in a collective word of prayer. So Lord, we pray now and we ask that You would begin to move that we, we, you would begin to work in the hearts of people tonight. Lord, that people would respond and that they would come to know you tonight in a personal way. We love you, Lord. And I pray that anyone here tonight who has been feeling that tug and pull on their heart, Lord, please embolden them and give them the courage to finally open their hearts and respond to your love tonight. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Bought with the prayer.
there's anybody else, I'll wait just a few seconds longer to join these people who are already down front who want to make a decision to receive Christ tonight. If there's anybody else, I don't want to leave you out. There's no need to rush this. If there's anybody else who wants to accept Christ and come down and join these people who are down front, it's the best decision you can make. Is there anyone else? All right, for the people who are down front tonight, I'm so glad that you've decided to do this to accept Christ as your Savior. I'm going to lead you in a word of prayer, and I just want you to make this your own prayer. I want you to just say it out loud. There's nothing magical about this prayer. This is your humble attitude before the Lord, just wanting to receive Him and have a new relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pray, and you just repeat this after me. You just boldly make this your own own prayer and say this word, these words. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I accept you tonight. I respond to your love tonight. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and make me a new person in Christ. I believe in my heart that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. And I believe that He rose from the dead for me. Come into my life. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I love you guys. Thank you so much for making the most important decision of your life. Um, You might already have a Bible at home. That's fine. But just to bless you, um, we want to just bless you with the Bible tonight. Just to remember this decision tonight so you can look at that Bible and remember this is the day where I opened up my heart to Jesus. And so thank you so much for making the decision to make Jesus the king of your life. It's the best decision that you can make. Can we give it up for the Lord one more time tonight? God bless you guys. Now pick up one of these books that Rachel's passing out to you. Jonathan's got some Bibles for you as well. Just to remember today's decision, I love you guys. And when you get your Bible, you can return back to your seat. And we've got one more song to sing. And then we'll go enjoy some waffles out in the uh, the cafe, all right?
so the child grew and became the heart's good news, inviting all men and women to the coronation of eternity, for the war of the soul has been won. Put your faith in the King of Victory. See how the seed of David sprouts, how large the trunk has grown, how far its branches reach. Take in his all-sustaining oxygen. We shout for Jesus the King. The plea was heard and answered. We praise for Jesus the King. Wrapped in warm embrace, free indeed. We live for Jesus the King. We, his children, standing alongside the glory of our long-awaited Savior. He who has come, has come forevermore.